This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I got the audacity to be on Audacity, and I'm doing a show after midnight. Oh, we out here for show. Man, right after the championship games, I just couldn't wait to do this show. Man, so it's set. Tampa Bay and Kansas City. I knew when I was watching those two play back in October or something, I said this might be a Super Bowl preview. And then it happened. And this is what we got. We got Brady versus Mahomes. Just like that. Now, I'm going to keep it real. Chiefs and Bills, I'm going to be real with you. I quit watching after Josh Allen threw that pick. It was 31-15, right? It looked like they had a chance. Oh, Bills missed a ton of opportunities before then, just kicking field goals when they should have punched it in and kept up with the Chiefs. I mean, Josh Allen threw that pick, and I was like, it's over. They can't They can't stop them. They cannot stop Mahomes and them. And I heard it didn't get any better, and I don't even know the final score. I quit watching. I started playing video games, which is the reason why I started this recording so late. Man, just Chiefs took care of business like everyone expected. Uh, I was hoping the Bills would pull through because I would have loved to see the Bills versus the Chiefs, uh, versus the Bucks. I would have loved to see the Bills versus the Bucks. I would have been torn on that one because I'm like, I want the Bills to win. I want Bills Mafia to finally get one. But then again, I'd love to see Brady win number seven so we could quit the GOAT debate. I don't even want to, no more disrespect. You can't even say anything. Seven titles? It still might happen. We'll see. As far as the Bucks and Packers, I'm glad the Bucks won, but they were fooling around. They were up 28-10. to 10. They got that late turnover, punched it in. They gave up a score, and then they turned the ball over. Brady had three interceptions. Like, they had two in the second half with just head scratchers. Like, one, it looked like he was trying to beat the safety on the sideline. I think it looked like a cover two or two man. He thought Evans was going to be one-on-one, and the safety wasn't going to get there. The safety got there. And it's picked off. That's, yeah. And, and and it didn't help that a free blitzer came, a free blitzer came and immediately got in his face. I mean, I feel like maybe he should have took the sack, but he felt like he had it. He had that hot read, and he just picked off. And then that other one where he overshot Mike Evans, head-scratching interceptions, man. I was like, God damn, what is this man doing? Oh, that touchdown at the end of the half, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. That was a great throw. That was a great throw. Very gutsy call to go for four, on fourth down before then. And then, oh, I can't believe the Packers gave him that. That, you know, didn't help either. And then, you know, when the Packers, was it, it's like 31 to 23, right? It's fourth down and five. And you kick a field goal. I thought they was going to go for it. First of all, I thought it was second down. I thought they had a, I thought it was going to be third, but it was fourth. I would have thought they had gone for it, but they did the safe thing and kicked the field goal. Uh, a lot of people complained about the rest. It, it went both ways. And then you had that controversial play, which by letter of the law, it was interference, but. 
the way they was calling the game, it's like they let stuff like that go the entire game. So now they want to call that. Damn. I'm just glad Brady and the Bucks won. So you already know. I hit up my friend Emily, who's a big Packers fan. <laughs> and I said, ha ha, you like that? You like that? Because the real GOAT is a man named Brady Jr. And even though he is talented, very talented, it is not Aaron Rodgers. Let me repeat, it is not Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, man. I, I just... <laughs> because if, if Aaron Rodgers won, people were going to start getting disrespectful. That's why Brady just had to win that. Even though in the second half he sucked and the defense made critical stops and saved the uh, Bucks offense time and time again because that pass rush was unreal. You talk about Washington's pass rush, but JPP and Vita Vea, Ndamukong Sue, Shaq Barrett, that is a crazy defensive line. Patrick Mahomes better look out. I know they got a lot of speed. I know that Tyreek Hill destroyed the Buccaneers, the last time he had like 200 yards at halftime, they're going to need all that because it's going to be tougher for them to do what they do, even though their offense has been unbelievable all season. But yeah, man, I... listen, I enjoyed the first game. It was everything I expected to be, even though I believe that the Buccaneers were playing around and could have easily won by multiple touchdowns, especially with that pass rush. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. They they survived. They survived, and they're moving on. They're playing the Chiefs. They have to try to stop that locomotive. And whatever they did in the second half against the Chiefs, they have to do it again and cut the turnovers. Yeah, like three three turnovers against the Chiefs last time. And they had three turnovers against the Packers and almost let that slip away. Can't happen. Can't happen. Early prediction. I really want the Bucks to win. I really do. But the Chiefs are a better team. So I got 34-27 Chiefs as of now. But I'm hoping the Bucks win and Brady get his seventh and prove all the haters wrong and make the Patriots and Bill Belichick look bad for make them look bad for all the differences they had and the falling out that they had. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron and Larry King. Hank Aaron, man, just just reading about him, because I didn't know much about him. I even forgot that he had the freaking home run record. The fact that he had the home run record before, you know, people was big and strong and taking steroids is incredible. Heck of a player. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer. Career batting average 305. He was the MVP and World Series champ in 1957. See, Bonds can't say that. This guy was amazing. He played for the Braves and the Brewers. The Braves pretty much before they moved to Atlanta. Uh, he had 25 All-Star Game appearances. That's unreal. Three gold gloves, two batting titles, all-time leader in RBI, extra base hits, and total bases. Third third in hits behind Pete Rose and Ty Cobb. Man. Uh, 3,700. 
3,771 hits, 755 home runs, 2,297 RBI. Crazy. Meant a lot to the game. Was one of the best to ever do it. He was on that GOAT level mindset before any of us was born, and that's on GOAT. Now, he faced a lot of racism. Like, just hearing him talk about what he faced when he was trying to break the record, that's insane. Like, just because he's black? Just because he's black and he's shining? Oh, he was styling on you. Oh, yeah, he, he was styling on him. That's that's why that's why white people back then was hating him. That's a shame, man. And then the story about when he was in D.C. and how they went to go get something to eat at Griffith Park. Well, by Griffith Park. And, you know, the the staff broke the plates and destroyed the utensils him and his uh, teammates used. Are you serious? That is real hate, dog. You got to be kidding me. D.C., man. I'm, I'm glad it ain't like that out here no more. But, damn, that's crazy, man. He played for the Negro Leagues and batted 366. That was pretty amazing. Uh, he worked in the Braves front office. It's just he's just very important, and it's and I see why people have been paying tributes to him all week. He's just an amazing person, and he's done a lot for the game and for the black community. I just love him, man. I, I'm just forever in awe, and I wish I knew more about him. Uh, Larry King was a TV and a radio host. Larry King live, epic interviews. Had his own show for like, like since the seventies. Man, you know what's crazy? He had a sports talk show and he was commentating for the Dolphins. Cause I mean, when he died, I just assumed you know he was on CNN. He had a regular talk show. Nah, he kind of started in sports. You know, yeah, like I say he worked for the Dolphins and had a sports talk show until pretty much nineteen seventy eight. Where he had the Larry King show on radio. Then he had Larry King live, like I said. That's what he's really, really known for. Then Larry King now was on Hulu until last year. And politicking with Larry King, he was on that until the day he died. He's from Brooklyn. He co-founded Aura TV, which is Larry King now was on there, I believe. Yeah. Interesting guy, man. It's I mean, eight wives, like, damn, I can't even get one. This man had eight. <laughs> That's incredible, man. Rest in peace to those guys. They had amazing lives. They touched a lot of people, and they, they'll they be missed. Uh, so it's the other celebrities. And and that guy died from COVID, a, another one, man. COVID is just, just bodying people. I'm pretty sure by now everyone knows somebody in their family or extended family that got COVID or died from COVID by now. It's it's like that widespread. That's insane, man. That's crazy. That's tough. That's tough. All right, man. The Eagles hired Nick Sarani, and he was the offensive coordinator for the Colts. What? They're trying to hire somebody from the Frank Wright tree who is from the Doug Peterson tree, who is from the Andy Reid tree. So basically, they're trying to stay in that Andy Reid lineage. And I'm just like, man, who is this guy, man? But, you know, you, you know, I'm, I was looking at the Colts' offensive stats, and, well, 
basically, man, when they had a quarterback, the three years he was offensive coordinator, when he had a quarterback, he was thriving. Okay? His first year as coordinator, they were the number five offense with Andrew Luck. They won their last four games, and they were 10-6. and six. In 2019, he had Jacoby Brissett at quarterback because, you know, he had the Andrew Luck retirement. That probably threw him for a loop. They were 30th in offense, but they were 7-9 and nine because I assume they got that same defense they got now with Darius Leonard and all them guys, man. that That's incredible. And then this year, they had the number nine offense with Phillip Rivers and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. T.Y. Hilton took like a step back, but he's still, he's still a force some, somehow. And they had Naeem Hines. They had a number nine offense with Phillip Rivers and was 10-6 and six and made the playoffs again and almost upset the Bills. So it's like, okay, the numbers show. You, you kind of know what you're doing over there. The numbers show that. But, you know, is, is he ready, man? Does he have that? Does he have enough experience? I mean, three years with the Colts having good numbers, I, I just don't know, man. I, I just really think this is a trying to recreate what we had in 2017 with Frank Wright using, like, the same offense. It's got to be because skipped over McDaniels, Bulls, be enemy, do Staley. I'm like, what the heck? What? This must be a ploy because there was a lot of rumors talking about Carson Wentz going to the Colts. So you bring the Colts to Carson Wentz. Ah, I see. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's gonna work, buddy. But it's a good shot. It's a good try. As long as the Eagles winning games, I don't care. But, man, this is nonsense. I don't know who this guy is. We're going to find out. Uh, if you can fix Carson, cool. If not, I'm cool rolling with Jalen Hurts. That's my guy, man. What he did for the Sooners, I'll never forget. Even though we went out like suckers. Still, Jalen Hurts was the quarterback for that 2019 team and got them to the Peach Bowl in the Final Four. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for that season. He was incredible. He was incredible. Just a, just a wait and see thing. Wait and see. Oh, man, this is where my lack of preparation is about to come in. The Nets versus Cavs. I mean, all I got to say is, man, the Nets lost twice. And I'm like, I was watching the Cavs the week before this happened. Because Zach, once again, I got to have him on the show. And Zach told me that the Cavs play the Nets the next week. And that that might be Kyrie Irving's first game. And I was excited. And I was watching that Cavs team versus the Knicks. And I was like, they got a lot of size. They're the number two defense in the league. They got one of the worst offenses. They're the number two defense in the league. And I'm like, that's going to be a really good matchup. Because they could possibly slow that offense down. I'm here to tell you right now, they did not. But instead, they elevated their offense to surpass the Nets. And that's how they beat them. Didn't, they didn't beat them with their brand of basketball. They beat them with the Nets' brand of basketball. Running and gunning, shooting threes. Uh, Colin Sexton went off. I don't know what they were doing against the, the Celtics last night. 
it's last night now because it's one in the morning here in D.C. as I'm recording this. What in the world? They lost 141-104. But anyway, enough of that. I, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, I guess the wheels had to fall off eventually. But they beat the Nets twice, and they got people's attention. And I think it was an early wake-up call for the Nets. Kyrie Irving went off in both of those games. I don't know what James Harden was doing, 19 and then 12. Kevin Durant did his thing. I was watching that first game, the highlights, and I was like, yo, like the full highlights. The Cavs had control of that game, especially in the second half. And somehow the last five minutes, they let it slip away. And then the Nets had control of overtime, but they let the Cavs stay in it. And then the Cavs just took control from there. Uh, Colin Sexton went off. That had to have been the best NBA game he's played. He had 42. And that had me thinking, you know, what if this is like 2007 with the Mavs, MVP Dirk, and the Warriors? Like, you clearly got a talented team run rough shot, rough shot through the NBA, but there's this one team that just gives them trouble. And what if the Cavs play the Nets in the playoffs, which is totally possible, and they give them trouble and they upset them? That could happen. Because you just saw the Cavs struggle with the Knicks and then get blown out by the Celtics. But if they play the Nets in the playoffs, that's probably going to go seven. Uh, we'll see. I'm not worried about the Nets. They'll be all right. Their, work, their record's kind of shaky. But I think they'll, they'll, they'll get it together. They'll eventually play defense. And they'll still be up there with the Celtics and the Bucks and the Sixers. Um, still got to watch out for the Bucks. Uh, it's not a foregone conclusion that the Nets are going to beat the Bucks, especially with that defense. I'm just I'm gonna keep saying that until they uh prove me otherwise. Period. That's on God. Now, real quick, Dwayne Haskins is with the Steelers now. Um, back okay, back when before he got cut, and Washington fans were calling onto 106.7 the fan and they was talking about what teams would be good for him and some people were saying the Steelers that he'd be behind Big Ben and he could step in for Big Ben once he retires and stuff and it'd be a good environment I didn't think much of it uh, some other people said the Seahawks and the Colts but mainly um, a place where he could sit behind an established quarterback learn and be ready to play when his number is called or when he moves on from that place, he can be a solid starting starting quarterback somewhere else. I know he's better than Mason Rudolph. I know he's better than Duck Hodges. Come on, man. He can easily be the backup there. And he there's no pressure. No one expects him to do anything. He's on a one-year contract. But if he plays as bad as he did in the second half of the season for Washington, he won't make the team. But if he plays his potential, he'll easily win the backup job unless they draft the quarterback. He'll easily win the backup job. And he'll be ready to rock unless, you know, in case that, in case Ben Roethlisberger either sucks or get hurt, he'll be right there. And that's perfect. Uh, that really worked out for him. I thought maybe he'd go to Carolina. 
I'm like, man, he could start at Carolina, but they'll probably draft a quarterback, to be honest. And, you know, uh, the Steelers are a slightly better team, but the Panthers and the Steelers are kind of going opposite directions. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't, don't forget, the Steelers still got a really good defense, and you may might be losing Juju, but it's okay. They could either draft a receiver or get one. Another one off free agency. Oh, hope ain't lost. And then once they figure out the running game, they're going to be a threat once again. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, man. I need to make an I'm just saying montage. I swear to God. (laughs) But good for Dwayne Haskins. He landed on his feet. Uh, It's good. I mean, when he got released, I heard that a few teams were interested. And it looks like, you know, the Steelers were, especially with that Mike Tomlin agent connection. That that helps, too. Let's talk about the Wizards and the Cats. The Wizards are finally playing basketball again. That's the good news. The bad news is they lost by freaking 20 to the Spurs. And I'm like, damn. Damn. This year is a wash. We, we caught the COVID L. The COVID L made us miss six games. And then... We're already three and eight. Now we're three and nine. We're shorthanded. Bradley Bill can't do everything. And we still not playing defense. He just gave up another 120 something points. But you know, I, I I'm not gonna be too mad at, about that. You know, I'll give them a break. I mean, they haven't played in damn near two weeks. They go battling injuries, they're shorthanded. They just signed Alex Lynn and freaking um uh, who else? Uh, Jordan Bell and Cassius Winston's playing 22 minutes after being buried on the bench. Jerome Robinson had to start because no Raul Nato and Rustbrook is on a minutes restriction. This season is a wash. We're three and nine. Let's just get a draft pick and keep Bradley Bill happy because this is ridiculous. Like, how are we going to climb out of this hole with everything going on? Now, if they do, great. If not, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. We weren't very good last year either. And this season's gotten off to a disastrous start. And it's not probably not going to get any better. We got Houston next. That's a beatable team. But I, I want to see the the fireworks between uh, John Wall and Bradley Bill. That's why that that's why that game is kind of interesting to me. Uh, I I want to see that, and then we'll we'll uh, tee it up and do it again in February. Um, maybe I should give the Wizards a break, man. But I'm just tired of them losing. It's annoying, and I'm looking at this stat sheet, man. Devin Vassell's killing us, man. He had 14. Are you kidding, Rudy Gay? At 13, he's killing us at first. Patty Mills had 21. I'm done. I'm done. I can't even talk about the Wizards no more. Patty Mills at 21. You know what? No, 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 no. I got to give them a break, remember? Because they're shorthanded and they is dealing with the COVID L. I, you know what? I give them a break. But damn, son, it still sucks. Because you want this team to win. You want Becca Winkert to be happy. <laughs> That was such a simp thing to say, but whatever. Um, oh, what about them caps? 
The Caps are funny. The Caps are hilarious. No, they are not the Washington sitcom that's reserved for the football team. And by the way, my real Washington football team is D.C. United. And don't you forget it. Anyway, the Capitals are 3-0-3. They got three OT losses. That's incredible. Like, they're in every game. They kind of remind me of the Eagles. They're in every game, but yet they're not really winning games. And even one of their wins was an OT win. So they've been in four overtime games. Not playing any defense. Well, they're playing a little bit of defense, but Lord Jesus, man. It seemed like they give up three, four goals a game. But it doesn't help that we got young goaltenders. And you're just going to have to deal with that. And you know what else sucks? That See, they're going through stuff too. Because I don't know why Alex Ovechkin and Sam Sonoff decide to freaking, decide to freaking um, break COVID protocol. See, I, I, I'm looking at the story now. You got to be kidding me. Kuznetsov, Samsonov, Orlov, and of course Ovechkin. Those are four of our best players. And they broke protocol because they decided to hang out. God damn it. You got to be kidding me. They were in a hotel room together unmasked. Oh my God. Guys, thank God nothing was really lost. We beat the Sabres and then we lost the Sabres in overtime and we still got a point. We haven't we haven't lost. We don't have a we don't have a real loss yet. We don't have a regulation loss yet. So we're still doing fine. And we'll eventually get those guys back. But Sam Sonoff is our starting goaltender. Like what are you guys doing? And the team got fined a hundred thousand dollars. The caps oh man, the caps need to stop the cap and stay focused. Even with all that, they're still not doing too bad. Do I would I do I expect more of them? Yeah. But 3-0 and 3, and I, I guess that's not horrible. It it could be worse. You know what I'm saying? It could be a lot worse. I mean, for freak's sake, I'm looking at it right now, and we're leading our division with nine points. We're the only team that doesn't have a regulation loss. That's gonna change because this is the NF this is the NHL and folks ain't rocking. But that's that's not bad. Got nine points and we lead we lead the conference. Pittsburgh started 0-2 and they won four straight. You gotta watch them by the way. Uh they're, they're annoying. They beat the they beat the Caps twice and that made me mad. Uh another OT loss, by the way. Two OT losses to the to the Penguins. You gotta be kidding. Our biggest rival. Yeah, I play the Devils, the Bruins, all them guys. Uh, we got to beat Barry Trotz and the Islanders. Hopefully they do because I'm tired of them and they beat us in the playoffs. So they got to get that work and hopefully they do. And now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. Look, man, is Wanya Morris coming or not? Is he coming to OU or not. I heard rumors that he might go back to Tennessee. And then they kind of died down once I kind of like searched it and see if there's any truth. I guess there's not. I guess he's still coming. Big time offensive tackle. Gotta have him. Gotta have him. Please. I don't gotta say much about OU football for now. 
Oklahoma basketball, however, they beat Kansas. They beat Kansas. They avenged their loss at Lawrence where they had plenty of opportunities to beat them, but they decided to go cold in the middle of Kansas uh, drought, and they end up losing that game by four because uh, uh old dude hit a hook shot with like 10 seconds to go or something like that. And, oh, uh, man, still can't believe they lost that. That, that one hurt. And you know what, man? I'm looking at the standings now. They are third in the Big 12, and they're not even ranked. <laughs> they're not even ranked, and they're third in the Big 12. That ain't that a shame. Hey, this is a solid team. I'm telling you, it's a solid team. They beat KU. Like I said, they blew out Kansas State. I was recording while I was watching that game. And now they got Texas. This is the big one. They got Texas tomorrow. Tomorrow is 7. Hopefully, I can watch it. I should be able to. Uh, Yep, I I will definitely be watching it. I'm going to make sure I'm in the hotel watching that. For sure. For sure. Got to make sure I'm watching that for sure. Hopefully, we win that. Texas has been doing really well this year. They lost to Texas Tech. And they recently lost. They lost to Texas Tech by 2. They've been on my radar ever since they got Greg Brown. I saw some Greg Brown highlights, and I was like, this kid is amazing. This guy's like 6'9", got the longest legs and arms I've ever seen, and he dunking on people. He clapping shots off the backboard. He, he hitting step-back threes. This kid is unreal. But we got to beat him because it's Texas, and we can't lose to Texas, even in Austin with them being number five in the country. Yeah, they got a very good team. But got to beat them. Got to beat them. Like, no excuses, bro. I'm glad we beat Kansas. You know, our win against Kansas was eerily similar because SportsCenter said this is their first, like, three-game losing streak since 2013. In 2013, they were fifth ranked. They lost three in a row. I think one of them games lost to TCU, which was inexplicable. Then they came to Norman. I went to that game. We stormed the court. We were chanting overrated. But in the back of my mind, I was like, wait a minute. This team has a three-game losing streak. That clicked in my head once someone said, why are you chanting overrated? <laughs> it discounts our win. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, they're definitely overrated. They, they just This is their third straight loss. And what happened? This is their third straight loss this game. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. That's a good win, man. It definitely a confidence boost for our team. We should have beat them the first time. Should have beat them twice. It's okay. Uh, we grinding. We number three in the conference. I I can't see why their non-conference has got to be the reason why they're a bubble team. They should be solidly in the tournament. If they beat Texas, they beat Texas. They're definitely. In. I don't care what happens from here. They definitely in. I don't think they lose to another unranked team. If they lose anybody else, it's Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech. I don't see them losing to Oklahoma State. Uh, okay, maybe they'll lose one. I mean, they got a back-to-back going on end of the season, but that's it. Davion Harmon is a beast. So glad we got him. He's a top one player. Got Austin Reeves. Got Brady Manick. We had him versus Kansas this time. Kirk Kwep. Oh, my God. He like, Deon- he like a skinny DeAndre Jordan. Emoja Gibson can shoot. 
Alondis Williams, the Showtime. He'd be dunking on people. He had another, I think it was against Kansas State, he had another sick dunk to end the half. I recorded the Kansas game. I'm going to watch it, and I hope it's as fun as I think it's going to be. That would have been a perfect game for the fans to be there, but I'm sure they only had probably like a couple hundred fans, and you know how it is. Whatever, they got the win. But uh, let me check in on Oklahoma women's basketball. Well, they're 4-7. I'm sure people still want Carrie fired. Uh, Sherry, not Carrie. I'm pretty sure people still want Miss Sherry Cole, fine Sherry Cole, fired. But, I mean, because she, she is OU's women basketball pretty much. So, I mean, she got, it looked like she untouchable. It looks like it. But, I mean, we got another losing season. We got clapped by Baylor again. We've only beaten Baylor like twice. In, like, the past decade or so. <laughs> We've only beaten them, like, a handful of times anyway. We've only beaten them once in, like, the last five years. Five or six years. So, I mean, when was the last time they won at Baylor? They got cheeks clapped. Because, of course, they did. They only lost to Iowa State by one. That's kind of encouraging. Texas game got postponed. TCU game got postponed. They beat Texas Tech by one. They're a mediocre Big 12 team. Good win. Got Chiefs clapped by West Virginia. Chiefs clapped by Oklahoma State. Chiefs clapped by Kansas and Georgia. Like, oh my God, man. Trash. Trash. And you know that. I don't know what they're going to do from here. From the looks of it, every time they play a decent team, they either struggle to beat them or they get Chiefs clapped. Hey. It is what it is. It is what it is. I miss when the program was, was decent. It seemed like they reached their peak with the Paris sisters, and then they got worse and worse. And then when I left, they got even worse. And then by 2017, by 2018, I guess, oh, they're, they're a mediocre at best program. Not good. And now gymnastics, they're just, they're just bodying everybody. Like, they, they had three meets. They won all three. Their only competition was Utah, and they're like the they're the number three team in the country. They won the uh they won the national championship. I think they got two national championships in the past decade. Pretty good program. Beat them at Lloyd Noble. That was their only competition. Everyone else, I mean, this is a joke. They got West Virginia about four times. You got West Virginia three times, about going to kill them. Got Denver, who's in the Big 12 just for gymnastics, going to body them. Texas women's, BYU, Lindenwood, George Washington. I didn't even know George Washington had a team. They all about to get bodied. It's going to be a cakewalk to the – it's going to be a cakewalk to the tournament. They're not going to be challenged until the tournament when they go against the Georgias, the Floridas, the – the Utahs, Alabama, UCLA, they're going to have to see all of them. But until then, cakewalk, Mickey Mouse schedule, it's it's a wrap. Uh, but I'm proud of them. I mean, I, we shouldn't take for granted that we got such a good program. And when it's time, when they really need us in the tournament, we need to be behind our ladies. And I think they'll take care of business because uh, it's OU Women's Gymnastic. Jim U, baby, Jim U. All right. Now I got to hop off this Sooner Schooner. And real quick, let's talk about, oh, last week I went over 
who was the worst um, CFP BCS era champion. And I concluded 2010 Auburn. But then I was thinking about, I was like, wait a minute. 2002 Ohio State, you you can question just like 2016 Clemson, should they even be champions? Because they had just like 2016 Clemson. Yeah, they had a very good team, but they won by a controversial call. They both won by a controversial call. 2002 Ohio State, that's not pass interference. They don't call pass interference. Ohio State for sure loses. And I'm like, this team squeaked by a lot of games. Claret only had 1,300 yards, 1,200 yards. Krenzel only had 2,100 yards. If they didn't have such an unreal defense, they would have lost like three or four games. I, I just think they might be the worst champion. But, of course, Ohio State fans, listen, Ohio State fans, if you're listening, please educate me on why 2002 Ohio State is better than 07 LSU, 2010 Auburn, 06 Florida, all those teams, or any of the Alabama champions. If you could tell me, I would love to listen. I'm going to put it out there. I'm, I'm asking, man, because I, I, I need to know. Because looking at it on paper, yeah, okay, they might have the best, one of the best, I say probably the second best defense, arguably the second best defense in the BCS CFP era, arguably. But still, trash. Just looking at it, I, I just don't, I'm just not that impressed. And that stupid pass interference doesn't help their case. Just saying, uh, maybe we could talk about it one day if uh, I can get some Ohio State fans to actually listen to the show. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. All right. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. In this episode, it is 2011 Alabama versus 2019 LSU. This is part of another mini tournament I'm doing with historical college football teams. Uh, This side of the bracket, you got these two. And the other side, you got 2001 Miami and 95 Nebraska. This should be a good one. It really should. You know what I'm saying? You got 2011 Alabama. Only gave up eight points a game. Gave up less than 200 yards of total offense. Gave up 72 yards rushing, 111 passing yards a game. It never gave up. They only gave up more than 20 points one time. This team defensively is for real. Even better than 2002, uh, not Alabama. Even better than 2002, Ohio State. Incredible. But on the other side, you got 2019 LSU score like damn near 50 points a game, 500-something yards of total offense, maybe even more a game. You got Joe Burrow threw like 50 touchdowns. Uh, They scored like over 30 points in damn near every game, except maybe the Auburn game, I believe. They just, just, oh my God, incredible offense. Defense was solid. It wasn't world-beating, but 
with an offense like that, you don't have to be. <laughs> they weren't horrible like some of them OU defenses. I hate to get a shot at my team, but yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, man, Uh, you, you know, before I get into it, okay. 2011 Alabama, you know, A.J. McCarron, uh, Trent Richardson, Sean Dior Hamilton. Just, just off the, the top of my head, uh, those are those people they had. Should be a good game. Should be a good game, you, you know. And they had Dante Hightower as well. Team was loaded. So here we go. Off the rip, Jamar Chase runs it back for a touchdown. Punt return after Alabama stalls LSU returns a punt seven nothing LSU and then right back Alabama AJ McCarron to Brandon Gibson three yards seven seven next quarter Justin Jefferson with a 20 yard TD pass he had a post corner route too easy and it's 14 7 2019 LSU but 2011 Alabama was game Trent Richardson Two-yard uh, pass, play-action fake, touchdown, uh, 14-14. But LSU calmed all that noise down with a 60-yard touchdown run by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He killed it. He was killing it. But at halftime, it was 21-14, and LSU with a strong drive to come out the gates. And they had a 21-yard field goal. Uh, Both teams didn't do much offensively in the third until A.J. McCarron hit Kenny Bell with a 10-yard touchdown towards the end of the third quarter. And 24-20, 2011 Alabama with a missed field goal by Shelly. Shame. It's going to come back to haunt them for sure. Uh, So it's 24-20 going on in the fourth quarter. This team is doing a lot better than 2020 Alabama, who everyone says is better than them. That's crazy to me. It has a better offense. That's crazy to me. Anyway, they do have a better offense, but (laughs) this is insane. However, LSU would pull away right here. Cade York start off the quarter, 27-yard field goal. Once again, LSU defense locking stuff down. And then LSU comes back with a long drive and one-yard touchdown down by um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So now it's 34-20, 2019 LSU. Then defense once again, locking stuff down, shutting stuff down. And then Joe Burrow pretty much puts it away with a swing pass to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he scores his third touchdown of the game. And... With a, with a touchdown catch, and now it's 41-20. Alabama, once again, pathetic offensive performance. They don't really do much. Then LSU gets it back, and they kick an FU field goal with 36 seconds to go, 44-20. It's overkill, and they annihilate 2011 Alabama. <laughs> Nick Saban and Les Miles don't shake hands because of that display, and that's how it ends. So, it's 2019 LSU, who don't really lose many of these things. They move on to the next round of the mini tournament, where they will face 2001 Miami or 95 Nebraska. So, a few stats here. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire killed it against a team that only allowed 
70 yards a game. He had 145 yards, two touchdowns, along with four catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Joe Burrow was 20 for 25, 307 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Caleb on Chase on and Farrell Jr. had a sack. Grant Delpit had a pick. Grant Delpit had a pick. Tongue twister. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, four receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, three receptions, 62 yards. Trent Richardson, 23 carries, 80, 85 yards. Not bad. He's basically the star at offense. LSU kind of did okay against him. Uh, Darius Hanks led Alabama receivers with three receptions, 46 yards. A.J. McCarron was 20 for 33, 188 yards, three touchdowns, and interception. Oh, oh, and Robert Lester had an interception, Dante Hightower, and Quentin Dow with sacks. And there you go, your hypothetical game of the episode in first half of the mini tournament. 2019 LSU, 44-20 over 2011 Alabama. And that's usually the end of the episode, but... I'm going to spit a little something real quick. I might freestyle a little bit after the verse because, well, I got lazy and didn't finish writing. But here we go. Here we go. I said destruction is an inside job. That's my observation. The mission was sent by God to for that operation. Being GOAT level CEO is my occupation because my swag colder than Bernie at inauguration. Got to get that cash quicker. Mad that COVID has kept me from my trash wizards. Picking up steam, I'm missing the team. Going to need reality to get with my dreams. And this the part where I freestyle, going off the top now. Look, I got the first place medal on my wall. Right beside Kobe and MJ, I just need a John Wall. Maybe a Bradley Bill. He gonna be a Hall of Fame. But then again, with these rap skills, I'm in the Hall of Shame. Not really. Gotta get silly. I'm looking at a pick from my senior year. Really? Uh. We beat Gonzaga and we beat St. John's. <laughs> and you know, I'm not going with this thing on. I look at my mic like, is this thing on? Uh. Freestyling off the top. Gotta make it up. Damn. Missing time with these girls. I gotta make it up. Sight. I really like myself. I'm going to stick with that. And you bring that energy. I'm going tit for tat. I'm going to stop freestyling. <laughs> I'm going to stop freestyling. That's the end of the show, man. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.